Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew and it's great to have you listening to our sermons this way. Today's sermon is called Intentional Service and Witness and it is based on Romans chapter 10 verses 13 to 17 and then also Romans chapter 12 verses 4 through 8. For the last several weeks we've been taking a look at different spiritual habits in our life. We've talked about how faith is like a journey or a pathway. And if faith is a journey, then we need to know the destination. And we talked about the destination being having a heart that's centering on loving God and loving others, or in other words, being mature in our faith, being Christ-like. And then we talked about how we're all at different points along this pathway, but how do we get there? Well, a lot of how we get there is by picking up the spiritual habits or practices of people who have walked this road. And so, so far, we've already talked about prayer and Bible study and worship and small group participation. Now, today we're going to talk about two more habits, and that is service or serving others and witness or witnessing to others. So now, first of all, I want to tell you that if you have already incorporated the first four habits in your life, Bible study, prayer, worship, and small group participation, well done. I mean, you're making great progress in growing in your faith, and that's awesome. You're on the right path. But if we stop there with those four habits, in a way, we're missing the point. You see, these first four, the first two habits, prayer and Bible study, are generally more individual practices. Worship and small group participation are more in the body of Christ, the church. But nonetheless, all four of these practices are really pretty internally focused. But service and witness are both externally focused, focusing on those outside the walls of the church. And the first four habits are vital, but if we stop there, then then we're going to be stunted in our growth, so to speak, because See, we are called not just to serve those within the church. We are called to go outside the walls of the church and to serve the world. And so these two are very outwardly focused habits, service and witness. And it's important that we engage in these things. So first, let's talk about service. It's really important that we serve other people because after all, that's part of what we are called to do. You see, when we give our lives to Christ and we decide to follow him, we are not just saved from our own personal sins just for our own sake. I mean, that's great and all, right? That's wonderful news that we are forgiven of our sins, but we're not just forgiven for our own sake, but we are also forgiven for the sake of the world, In other words, we are forgiven so that we can take part in God's redemption of the world. God works through us to help others. How does he do this? Well, generally, we believe that he does this through the Holy Spirit, that he sends to live within us. And if we follow Christ, if we profess to follow Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit. And the Bible teaches us very clearly that the Spirit gives us what we would call spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts could be thought of as passions or talents that we have that we can use to serve others. And everybody's spiritual gift is not going to be the same. 
You might have some people in the church whose spiritual gift is mostly the same, but even then, each person is very unique. Paul describes the church as being like a body, you know, and a body has many different parts with many different functions, but they're all necessary. And in the same way, the body of Christ, the church, has many different people. We all have different unique personalities, talents, passions, and gifts, and we are all important. We're all important. It doesn't matter what your gift is, whether it's a visible gift that's seen in front of people or whether it's behind the scenes. All of our gifts are needed. And so your gifts are meant for the benefit of others. So they're meant to be shared. They're not meant to be kept for yourself, right? They're meant to be opened up and used for the benefit of others. And so if you have a, a gift or a passion for something, but you're not using it to serve for others, you're, you're hiding it, so to speak. And that's not what it was meant for. Imagine, if you will, that last Christmas somebody gave you a gift and you didn't really need it. In fact, maybe you had a better version of it already. And so you didn't even get it out of the box. Instead, you place it on a shelf somewhere. But then imagine this year at Thanksgiving, somebody comes over and, you know, that person who gave you the gift. And they happen to see that gift sitting on a shelf unopened. Chances are they'd be disappointed. Because the gift was meant to be opened and used, not just put on a shelf. And in the same way, the spiritual gifts that we've been given are to be used for the benefit of others, not just to be hidden. Part of our task as a church is to help you to develop and to identify your spiritual gifts and then to use them in ministry. But here's the thing. They don't all have to be used in official ministries of the church. You see, many of you, well, let me put it this way. Many churches run under the model of ministry that says that everything needs to be done by the pastor. I'm not saying that that's this church. In fact, I don't think that that's, this is the church that operates under that model, but many churches do. They believe that, generally speaking, all ministry should be done by the pastor. And that is such an inefficient, ineffective model of church. Because what happens is if you believe that only the pastor or only a few people do the ministry of the church— you create a bottleneck because everything has to go through those people, that person or those few people. And so it creates this bottleneck and nothing can ever get done or not at least quickly or effectively enough. This model also isn't biblical. And so the biblical model is that we are all ministers. We all serve others through the use of our gifts. And the reality is that many of you in the congregation, many of you are going to be much more effective in certain situations that I can be effective because I'm the pastor, right? And so as a pastor, there are a lot of things that I can do. I have a certain role, but there are certain things I cannot do as effectively as you could simply because I'm the pastor, right? Because you are the ones, in many regards, you are the ones on the front lines of the ministry, because you're the ones spending time in the factories and the workplaces and the offices and the schools. Not that I can't go to those places, but let me tell you, if a pastor shows up at a workplace and starts, you know, sharing Jesus, it's probably not going to be as effective as a coworker whom other people already know. And so 
you know, if if Christ's love and compassion is going to be seen and shared in in the workplaces that you are at every day, it's more likely going to come from you than other people, right? But service is not just telling other people about Jesus. It's also about helping people in very real, tangible ways. Service is not always telling people about Jesus. Sometimes service is just helping people out, right? Kind of like, I mean, in a way, this was the model of Jesus' ministry. He healed people. He helped people. And in the same way, when we help people, like we did at the in-gathering, you know, we had an in-gathering across Iowa. And of course, our church was an in-gathering site. And we have these kits. In particular, our church collected school kits that go to help people in need. That's service. All right, so let's now move on to evangelism, or maybe what you'd want to call the E word, because the reality is that evangelism has so much baggage around it, mainly because of all of the, you know, many of us, we've experienced bad examples or bad ways of evangelism and very few good examples of evangelism, and so we just don't want to do it, right? Most of us would say that sharing Christ with other people is important, but yet most of us don't do it very often. Because we just feel as though it's impolite and it's too pushy and we we just don't want to do it. We don't feel comfortable doing it. And so we're going to talk briefly about ways that we can engage in evangelism or what I would like to call invitational evangelism. So don't worry. I'm not going to tell you that you have to go door to door to people and talk to strangers, or that you're going to have to go to a shopping center and stop people as they're shopping and say, do you know where you'd go if you died tonight? You're not going to have to do that, okay? Uh, Those are, I would almost go as far as to say that's not evangelism, that's annoying, right? I mean, it's just annoying. It's ineffective. It may rarely work for some people, but generally it's an ineffective form of evangelism, especially in our culture today. Most people don't want to be interrupted, it turns out, from shopping in order for someone to sell them a different religion. Uh, Shocking, I know, but true. Uh, No, what makes us think that that's going to work? No, I'm not talking about doing those things. I I think that people who do those things are well-intentioned, but they just don't understand that it might not be the most effective way of doing it. First of all, we have to remember we are not salespeople. We are not trying to sell people anything. We are witnesses, and that's very different. When we think of witnesses, we think of a courtroom setting. What does a witness do? They explain what they experienced. You can't argue. I mean, I guess you can argue with a witness, but they experience what they experience. It's very hard to argue with their story. And So as witnesses for Christ, we're not trying to sell them anything. We just share what we've experienced in our lives, right? We share about Jesus, and we do this for a number of reasons. Number one, it helps us to articulate our faith, which is something that we're probably not in the habit of doing. We might be hesitant to do so because we might think, well, I don't know what I would say. My story isn't that exciting, 
you know, that this is because so oftentimes we hear testimonies from people whose stories are really exciting. You know, it's like they did a whole bunch of really bad stuff beforehand, and then they have this mystical experience where they encounter Christ. You know, I'm thinking of like Paul in the New Testament. Some people have stories like that. And so it might be tempting to think to yourself, well, gee, I don't really have a good story. I just always kind of knew about the love of God since before I can remember. But you know what? That's a good story too. Your story can be used to share, to witness to Christ to other people. You know, everybody's story is different. So everybody's witness is going to be a little bit different. There's no script. There's no script that works for everyone, right? That A script is a sales pitch. But when you witness to what you've experienced, then you're sharing from your own story. It's very hard to argue with that. So, you know, we we don't have to do that speaking to strangers thing where we just go up to someone and to try to tell them about Jesus, right? The most effective evangelism is personal. It's evangelism that's done with people you know, friends that you have, acquaintances who don't know Christ. And so it comes more naturally because they already know you. They trust you. They don't feel like you're coming to them with an agenda. And that's why it's so important that we do not simply spend all of our time hanging around church people. Church people should not always hang around church people. Uh, We should not spend all of our time in the church. We need to be out of the church. We need to be doing non-church things. Because that's how we make friends with people who don't know Christ. And if we're going to witness to our faith, we need to know people and have relationships with people who don't know Christ. Not just people from other denominations, people who don't know Christ. This is not easy. It's not easy for me. I'm I'm a pastor. What do you you know, my my church revolves my my work revolves around the church. But for all of us, it's something that, that we need to work on if we don't have relationships with people who who need to know Christ. Because people don't want to hear from strangers about converting to a different faith. So invitational evangelism, excuse me, invitational evangelism is not any of those pushy, out-of-the-blue things. I would suggest that you not necessarily go to a stranger and try to witness to your faith or to just interrupt people's daily life and try to witness to your faith. Just make it simple. Be invitational. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, he didn't try to explain to them who he was. He just said, come and see. Right? I mean, think about how we witness to other things in our life. Witnessing to our faith may not be easy, but it really should become kind of natural to us. I mean, how many times have we eaten at a new restaurant that was just so awesome and wonderful, had great service and everything, and we just had to tell our friends about our great experience at that restaurant? Or maybe you saw a great movie, and you just wanted to share how excited you are about that with other people. Or maybe you read a great book, and you want to recommend it to others. That's that's invitationally witnessing or evangelism, except it's just not about Jesus, right? And so being invitational is just sharing, witnessing to your faith, to how you've experienced faith. What what difference has Christ made in your life? That's all it is. And the answer is going to be different for everyone.
but it's important that we all do it. Uh, This is a spiritual habit that helps us grow in our faith and helps make a difference in the world. So when was the last time, just think to yourself, when was the last time that you saw a movie that was so great that you wanted to tell others to see it? When was the last time you ate out at a restaurant and you had this dish that you just had to tell other people to try? When was the last time that you felt a love so deep and a joy so beyond comprehension that you just had to share it with others that they might experience that too? That is being a witness. And that by doing these things, by serving others, and by witnessing to our faith, we will make a difference in this world one person at a time. Amen. God bless and have a great week.